Hey friend, you're going to be seeing a little bit of changes coming to my podcast. You might see that I'm not going to have guest after guest after guest, although I will be interviewing people. You might see that you're going to be hearing a lot more from me and let me give you some reasons why. First of all, I get asked all the time these questions about how I do this and how I manage life and um, how I study my Bible. And I have not done a good job at responding to those things. Um, I know you trust me, you want the answers, and here I am saying, well, let's talk to this person about this subject. So first of all, I want to apologize. Second, I want to answer your questions. The things that you've been asking me, I have letters I can go back to, I have emails, all these things, because I want you to know that I care, that I think you're important, and if you're asking me a question, then you might think that I might have an answer. I won't might not always have the perfect answer, but I think so many times we often feel like, oh, I don't know, maybe my advice isn't going to apply, maybe it really is just easier talking to another person, interviewing them about their book, than really digging in and getting real. But things are going to change. I'm going to start sharing more from my heart, my experiences, answering your questions, and hope I will connect with you on that new level. So I'm going to start with a little story that kind of illustrates this point. We were in the Czech Republic in 1998. I had gone there with the missionaries um, that I had connected with, with our very first mission trip group. There was about six adults and I think about 13, yeah, I think 13 teenagers. So the very first time we're going on a missions trip, I have 13 teenagers. Imagine that. So as we're going along, we had wonderful times teaching English, connecting with Czech people. But one of the fun and amazing things is that someone on our group, my friend Marie, her family came from Czech, the Czech Republic, which was formerly Czechoslovakia. So her mother's family was there and she had an article about her family and where they came from. So we were talking to one of the pastors and she said, is this very far from you? And they said, oh, it's not much more than maybe a 30 minute drive. We should take you there. And so while the teens were off doing an activity, one afternoon, the pastors, Denyuk and Gabby, my friend Marie, my husband, John and I head off to this little Czech village. And I'm talking, we are parking. There's no main streets. It's an older village. There's a church. I think there was a, a store down the way. Um, but it was mostly houses. There was a goat in the front yard tied to this little house. I mean, this is truly European, authentic experience. And so we're like, we're here. What do we do? I don't know. So our past, the pastor's wife, Gabby, sees this older woman. And she goes, well, let me just ask if she knows anything about um, your grandfather. So it was, I think it was Marie's great-grandfather. So Gabby goes and she's speaking Czech and she talks to this older woman and she points up this hill. So she said, oh, there's this man that lives here. He's only here part of the time, um, but he can tell you more about your grandfather. We're like, whoa, that'd be cool if he was home. We go up this hill. We go to this house. This man is working in his yard and, you know, Czech 
Gabby's saying, hello, we have some questions. He answers in English, yes, how can I help you? And she mentions um, our friend Marie's looking for her grandfather. And Marie pulls out the information and he says, yes, I know this article. I wrote this article. I know all about your grandfather. And we were stunned. Uh, first of all, we came to this town and this man, it's the one that wrote the article that Marie's mother had given her years and years before. And he says, the funny thing is I work at a university. I decided to come here early. He only, usually only went to the this house on the weekend. So he took some days off and he came earlier than normal, two days earlier than normal. And he says, I will show you around. I can tell you all about your grandfather. I know all about him. I have researched him. He's a very important man in this town. So here is first miracle um, that the older woman told us where to go to find more information. Second miracle that the man was home. Third miracle, he says, I am here. I am not busy. Uh, he was just working in his yard. So he showed us his home. He took us to the church and showed us this. It was a large Catholic church, showed us this huge um monument in the front that Marie's grandfather had paid for. His name was there. Showed us the house he lived in. He says, in fact, there's this this house. Um, you know, it's over there in the distance. Let us go. And and usually the people they don't live they don't work in this town. Um, they're usually gone, but maybe they're home. So we go. There's these people are home. Okay, so what miracle are we on? Third miracle. And they said, we are usually never home. We are having a wedding here this weekend. We took off time from work. Yes, this was your grandfather's home. In fact, he um, left his inscription. He was a graffiti artist. So they were joking. And so down in this basement, in this header, was Marie's grandfather's initials. And yes, he lived in this house. He wrote his carved his name in this, this header of this basement, this wooden piece. And we went to the well. Again, her grandfather had wrote his initials inside the well. And through the day, we were just, it was one amazing thing after another that, that we found the place that the old woman pointed us the right direction. That the man had wrote the article was there. That the people that, um, that lived in his house were home, usually are never home during the week. And I think that is what... Um, I want to do with this podcast. I think for so many years, I've been saying, let's talk to this person. Let's talk to this other person. They might have some good advice for you. This is someone that I really love and appreciate. Let's promote their book. But the whole time you're saying, I just want you to tell me about the things I'm most concerned about. Show me around, walk me around, answer my questions and be my guide. And so that's really what I want for this, I guess we could call it a relaunch or this little tweak or reversion to this podcast. Um, instead of me just talking about other people's books, although we will still be doing more of that, I want to share things from my life. I want to guide you. I want to answer your questions. I want to talk about the things that are really important to you. So in order to do that, I need your involvement. Please just send an email to me, hello at trishagoyer.com and share what, what you'd like to hear about. What questions you have, what things can I answer, which of my books you would like to know more about and leave those questions there. I'm going to go through those and I'm going to start sharing 
things that you want to know, but also um, things that I've shared in blogs and books. I can give insight and meaning into why I decided to write about these things and maybe talk about things that didn't make it into print, but were very impactful for myself, our family. So I'm super excited to take you on this new venture, to lead you, to guide you, to answer your questions in a way that I haven't done before. So you got to come along, feel free to look me up, connect with me, and I hope this will be an amazing experience for both of us. to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart-to-heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, on Walk It Out today, we're going to be talking about faith. And this, the author of the book I'm going to be talking about has a book called The Habit of Faith, 40 Days in the Bible to Find and Follow Jesus. So let me tell you about her. Um, Jen Pollock-Michelle is the award-winning author of Teach Us to Want, Keeping Place, and Surprised by Paradox. She, uh, she holds a BA in French from Wheaton College and an MA in Literature from Northwestern University. She's American living in Toronto. She's a wife and a mother of five. She's a lead editor for the Imprint Magazine published by Grace Center for the Arts and the host of the Inglewood Review of Books podcast. So welcome, Jen. Thank you, Trisha. It's fun to be here. It's so fun to have you. Now, your last name is Michelle. Yes. My last name, <laughs> we're American, so we say Goyer, but the French say Goyer. Oh, yes. I think Goyer sounds much more <laughs> nicer than <laughs> Goyer, but you know, we're American, so we say Goyer. <laughs> yeah. Well, my last name is also French, and a lot of people say Michael. So it's, you know, but Michelle sounds so much more beautiful, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. We should just say Goyer, too. That's right. <laughs> Oh, well, your book is so enjoyable. Um, I want you to tell us a little bit about why you decided to write it, and then we're going to dig into it. Yeah. I mean, the book is a 40-day read through the Bible, and, you know, some people automatically go, oh, devotional. And I guess it's devotional in the sense that you could do it every day, you know, and that's often how we kind of think about the word devotional. But it's really born out of just a really long habit of reading the Bible. When I was 16, Mm -hmm. I came to follow Christ. And I was, it was a really dramatic change, quite honestly. And I remember it was at summer camp as, as often happens, you know, in your teenage years. And I remember somebody telling me, you know, if you want your kind of faith to stick, you know, if you don't want to leave camp and have everything sort of go back to normal, you need to have some good habits, some good spiritual habits. One of them should be daily Bible reading. And so in order to establish that habit, do it for six months, every day and they even quantified it spent it's 10 minutes you got to do at least 10 minutes 
And I, <laughs> and I am a rule follower in some ways. I mean, ironically, I wasn't following a lot of rules at that period of my life, but I think by nature I am. And so this book is actually born out of like the last 30 years of reading the Bible. It's also born out of just the place where I live. I live in Toronto. I've lived here for 10 years. And I think most of my friends and neighbors actually don't follow Christ. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. it's a city where it's very diverse. It's very secular. And I actually wanted to create a resource that I thought for some of my friends who are curious about faith, Um, but need something, they need sort of a way into thinking about it. They need language that's accessible, but I wanted to bring them into the Bible. You know, I did, and I wanted to bring them in for the purpose of finding Jesus. And I love that because it is very seeker friendly. And I love throughout the book, you tell stories of those who have you know, didn't ever plan. I love, didn't even plan to become a Christian. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden this faith is presented. And I think so many times um, we don't understand people that don't have maybe any knowledge of Christianity, any background. I remember I was speaking to a group of um, exchange students. We had an exchange student daughter from the Czech Republic who on the form said that she was a Christian. And when she moved in her home, we we're like, we, she has no idea. Like she just <laughs> checked the box because she thought she would be picked better. Right. I remember being I'm going to the States. Uh, I'm going to the States. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But I remember being there and sharing a little bit about my story and my faith and saying, like, how many of you know about the Bible? I've heard the Bible. Oh, no, I I reversed. I said, how many have never heard about the Bible or God? And there was like five students that raised their hand. Like, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. And I think so many times we think like everyone knows about the Bible and about God and about faith. And they don't. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I think we're getting more when we get in the workplace and our community that we will find people that are curious. And I think that's a wonderful place. Like if you're curious, we'll take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they're curious about faith, but they don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I, one of the people that I talked to, I actually did some formal interviewing of just friends. I, you know, I talked to them all the time, but I said, I really want to sit down with you. I want to talk about my next book project and I want to just get your perspective on it. You know, what would make you afraid? to do a 40-day read through the Bible? You know, what would be your expectations? What would be your fears, your hesitations? You know, do you even describe yourself as spiritually interested? And those conversations were so illuminating. One of them, you know, is with my neighbors actually just across the street, uh, this couple who uh, grew up in the former Soviet Union. They grew up in mm-hmm. under communism. And they said, you know, we had a religion growing up and it was communism. You know, we had our leaders, yeah. we had our, our religious leaders, quote unquote, we had our sacred text and the first time that they actually came to the house with, you know, and stayed late with, um, when that used to be possible years and years ago. Um, (laughs) and we somehow got to the conversation. This was as we were just becoming friends with them, came to the conversation about the resurrection. I think it might've been close to Easter or something. And they just said, we, we really, I know, no, no, understanding of that story of what that means. And we said, well, can we share it with you? And their daughter is actually over here for Christmas. Um, 
they are doing some work on their house. So they're actually out of their house right now. So their daughter was looking for a place to stay and just hang out for an hour. And so she came in, she looked at our advent candles. She said, what is that? And I said, well, those are advent candle candles. Do you know what, do you, have you ever heard that word advent? No. Well, it relates to the season of Christmas. You know what we're celebrating now. Do you, do you know what the true meaning of Christmas is? You know, beyond Santa Claus and presents. And she looked at me quizzically. No. I said, well, you know, let's talk about it. And so there are plenty of people, I mean, really close to the United States and within the United States who just don't, yes. they don't know um, really anything about Christian faith. And there, are, this book is hopefully an opportunity to actually get into regular conversation with them around the Bible, you know, not just kind of faith as we, you know, it's just faith as we see it in the landscape of scripture through the story of Israel yeah. and, you know, through the story of Jesus. And it's, I love, um, I mean, I love how there's a, a Bible reading that they do and then a story that leads into explanation. I mean, I love how it's laid out. So people who may not have any awareness or very little, or even, I mean, I grew up in a church, but I didn't understand like how the Bible was laid out. Uh-huh. You know, I just heard this story and that story. I think it's so helpful for us to like, okay, here's a place to read and here's something I can learn about it. Um, it you step them through that. But I remember uh, when we were in the Czech Republic, I was there on a mission trip and we were handing out Bibles on the street. And I thought no one's going to take these. They're just going to be like, we're just going to be standing there looking dumb. Mm-hmm. And I would say most people over 40 because they grew up again in communism, were not interested. They didn't want to talk to us. They probably didn't even understand English very well. But every single one that walked by, I'd say under the age of 25, is that a Bible? Uh, Do you read the Bible? I've always wanted to read the Bible. Like they're curious. How do I read the Bible? And so it had Czech on one side and English on the other. And they, you know, a lot of them were broken English, but you could tell they understood us, you know, as we talked. And they said, thank you so much. I have wanted to read this. And I'm thinking, I wish I could have gone home with each one of them and like explained more and shared more. And I think this is a great resource that, you know, that you can hand to someone who say, I know you've been curious about this. This might be a great resource for you. And I love that it came out of your desire to do that for the people, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, I'm hoping that some of them, I can't wait till it actually arrives at my house and I will be giving it to people that I know and asking them if they want to read it with me. And, you know, I actually have a friend who just recently became a Christian reading as I was writing this book. Um, there was a woman at my church who, um, had literally shown up to church in her pajamas one morning because of a life crisis and mm. no, she's ra- raised in Spain actually. So had kind of a vague sort of idea of, you know, Jesus, the crucifix, you know, Spanish cathedrals. I mean, she had sort of a image, I guess, in her mind of Christ, but no real understanding of the story or what his death meant. So she shows up to church and she is somebody who wants to learn the Bible. And I was introduced to her. I was working on this project and I said, I'd be happy to read the Bible with you. We need to read Deuteronomy because that's what I'm studying right now for this book. And with two other women, 
um, we started reading Deuteronomy together. And that's not the place, you know, you normally think of to start in the Bible. Um, I, within months, she was, she was, she became a Christian. This is about an, a year ago. And she's in my small group now. And we're now just working our way through John. It took us a year to get through Deuteronomy. And so we're taking a lot longer than the book actually takes. We A lot longer than 40 days. But, yeah. you know, we take for granted... I think you're absolutely right, Trisha. When you describe like you're in the Czech Republic, people are like, give me a Bible. I really want to read that. We have so much familiarity with it that we forget Mm -hmm. that there are a lot of people who don't and they are so curious. And they actually, when they bury their nose in the book, they do find things that are hard for sure. But they also just can be amazed at the wisdom, the love of God, just the holiness of this book. It is incredible to open it with somebody who's just totally coming to it fresh. And I love that you talk about it becoming a habit because, um, I mean, again, I grew up in church and I really, I mean, yes, I knew that you should read the Bible, but no one ever described, like, if you build it as a habit in your life, like, and you make this just a part of your life, you will grow. And I think every time I'd randomly pick it up, it was like, oh, this, I mean, it's kind of interesting, but there's more important things. Mm -hmm. But once I became a mom and, and realized like I need change in my life and I made the habit of, and I even told myself that 10 minutes a day, if I get up Mm -hmm. before my kids and read for 10 minutes, I, that's where transformation really happened. Like I, you know before that, I believed in God. I attended church. I tried to be the good wife and mom, but transformation happened when I sat in God's word. And I have journals that I just wrote scripture after scripture down because I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so amazing. Mm-hmm. And that little habit has grown into huge transformation. You talk about that. It's an ordinary habit with extraordinary results. And I think so many times we think we have to do so much work to help people become Christians or whatever, mm-hmm. but really if they develop the habit of opening God's word, God's through his spirit does the work right there. He speaks through the Bible. I know it's so mm-hmm. funny because I am that kind of person too, that I I'm the kind of person who will complicate anything that's actually super yeah. simple, you know? And I think sometimes like, Oh, well the complication shows that I'm really committed or that I'm really, I'm really working hard, you know? And then you, as you, the older you get, you know, you can't just carry all these complicated things, you know? And I feel like even just walking alongside my friend, my, friend Esther, who's a new believer in Jesus. Honestly, it's not like I've even done that much. Mm -hmm. I've shown up week after week and, you know, and read the scripture in advance of us doing, you know, our study together. But I've just kind of accompanied her in her own sort of habit of reading scripture. And that we just can't take for granted how powerful that is. And I think habit is one of those things. It's such slow work. I mean, habit does slow work. It takes a lot of patience, you know, to engage a habit and to wait for it to bear its fruit. But, you know, I love that scripture actually gives us the image of fruit bearing because it reminds you of just the process of growth. You know, we don't see immediate results. You know, I live in Toronto. It is, everything is covered with snow right now. I see no fruit. I see no blossoms. You know, I see absolutely no green, but I know it's going to come. You know, spring is going to come. I just need to wait for it. And I think that's what the mentality that we need to have is when we engage habits, spiritual habits, like it's not going to produce something overnight, 
for us or for the people that we love, but give it, you know, just keep at it, keep at that kind of incrementalness. And it's like the yeast working through the loaf of dough, as um, Jesus said, you know, there's a reason I think he gave us these images of the kingdom that represent the small and the ordinary and the slow, you know, to sort of orient our expectations around what will the life of faith feel like in the everyday. It probably is. It doesn't actually have all those kind of mountaintop experiences. Those happen. And I'm super thankful for, you know, times in my life when I've felt so strongly the sense of God's presence. And then there are a lot of days that I just, you know, walk by faith. I just keep at, I keep at, I keep at believing, you know, I keep at the habit of faith. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, faith is kind of the one thing that we just expect immediate results. Like I'm going to pray and I'm never going to have a desire for, you know, those kind of movies. I remember like becoming a Christian and these curse words would slip out because I'd been cursing all through high school. And all of a sudden (laughs) I just expect like, I'm never going to do that again. I'd just be like so discouraged. And I think so many times we just expect like immediate results. I'm going to I read this verse and yes, I'm going to be patient and kind and whatever. And then we aren't, but it is, it's that pretty soon when we have the habit of reading God's word and understanding and seeking him during the day, then we notice a change, but it's often months or years later Uh through that settle steadily building of our faith instead of immediately like, why, why isn't everything fixed at this moment? Mm-hmm. We were just actually having this conversation last night in small group. I lead a small group at my church and, you know, one woman was saying, you know, that she was just describing moments of struggling with anger, you know, and we were just mm-hmm. talking about well, how, what happens, you know, when you sort of have that explosive moment and then you're just feeling awful, you know, how did I get so upset about that thing that was so small? How did I treat somebody that I love so terribly, you know, what am I going to do now? And she said, you know, I just don't, I don't like to pray because I'm worried that I won't see the change that I Mm want to see. And then I'll be disappointed with God or I'll be upset with him. And I thought that was so important for her to name because I actually think we do feel that way a lot. And as soon as we're just able to say, okay, I do have this expectation. I do kind of want that overnight, quick fix, instantaneous, like microwave spirituality. Um, But so we can say that and then we have to just sort of say, well, that's not going to happen. You know, let me look at scripture. What does scripture teach me about the life of faith? You know, it teaches me there's a lot of bumbling. You know, you think about the disciples, goodness, they walked with Jesus for three years. Like they spent enormous amounts of time with him. They watched him perform miracles. Um, they, they, they heard him teach in the synagogue and privately with them. And then they, you get to the end, you know, at the cross and it's only John who's there at the cross. Like mm-hmm. everybody else has deserted. So why should we think that our kind of own life of faith should be this like just steep upward climb. It's not like that. We're human. And so we have to, I think patience is just such a good word um, to kind of orient ourselves to the whole life of faith. Um, Patience with ourselves, patience with the process of growth, you know, um, patience when, you know, God doesn't seem to be answering our prayers as quickly or in the way that we think he should. 
Yes. And I, and, but when we, when we take and we make a habit of, I'm going to sit down with the Bible, I'm going to dedicate this time that it, it grows and it grows within us. And, um, I mean, I have seen a change in my life and it, it helps to remember, you know, we have, I have 10 kids, um, lots of amazing opportunities <laughs> in our lives, but I often expect them to have immediate transformation yes. too. Yes. And it just helps me like, okay, I, it's sick of me. I'm 49. It's me a long time to get where I am and to be diligent about taking them in God's word, I think is so important. Um, and let them know that this is, you know, that this is something that's important that will, will change their lives, but over time. Absolutely. And, you know, getting past sometimes their the eye rolling stage, you know, we, mm-hmm. you know, we've had the habit as a family, mostly of reading the Bible at night, like at dinner, some, you know, and before bed when the kids were younger. And then, you know, we were using a resource, a devotional resource that our kids were really rolling their eyes at for a while. Like once the kids became teenagers, the older ones. And, um, you know, there's always that question of, do we just keep going on this? Like, is it just the stage that they're at? They're rolling their eyes or like, could we maybe actually get something better that's better suited to mm-hmm. them so those are all such good questions but sometimes again it's not the it's not the actual thing you're doing it's actually the patterning of your life that is so important with your kids you know you it's not the one thing that you say the one passage you read over scripture um at, at one passage of scripture you read at dinner that maybe makes everything makes sense. But, you know, can you imagine like if you've spent 18 years of your life ish (laughs) and it's just patterned in this way that, you know, I return to scripture with my family, you know, regularly, we're all human. There are plenty of days that we miss. Um, but that has so much power and it's, it's the power in the aggregate. It's like in the, it's the collective moments, you know, not the individual ones. What would your relationship with God look like if you followed him out of love, not obligation? Authors and pastors Andrew Farley and Tim Chalice want you to feel true grace and freedom that come with knowing Jesus. In their new book, The Perfect You, they show you how to step into your identity in Christ as you live from your heart where Jesus resides. Absolutely. And it's, you know, that's the memories that we want our children to have of us reading the Bible, of us turning to God. Um, we want them to be familiar. I mean, they might not understand everything. We don't understand everything right. that we're reading right away, but they're familiar with it. And I remember, um, you know, having my daily quiet time. I remember my daughter's probably 14 when I came downstairs and I always did my coffee and got my journal and my Bible and usually another book and settled in. And I came down one day and she was there with her coffee and her Bible uh, and her journal. And it was like her getting up and, you know, especially when you have little kids, it's like, why am I even trying to read this when they're running around and climbing <laughs> on the couch and all the things. But her over the years seeing that, I mean, um, it, she realized like this is important and now she's a mom and um, a missionary and, and that's her, part of her life. So when she comes and visits, when I come out with my, you know, 
my Bible and coffee. She's usually sitting there with her Bible and coffee. But it's something that we need to show them, show our kids that is important um, that is beneficial to our lives. And by modeling it, that's like huge. That's the first step in them incorporating it themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We, and you know what we can model. I think, I think it's good that you said, you know, there are things that when we read the Bible, there are lots of things we don't understand. You know, we can model that Mm -hmm. for, for our kids too, like a real willingness to read the Bible as honestly as we can, you know, like there are things in here that sound amazing and there are things in here that sound hard and there are things that just are confounding. I don't get it, you know? Um, and so that our kids don't think, oh, well, I better go to the Bible. And if it doesn't answer every question I have, then I must be doing it wrong. You know, I think a lot of times people do have kind of these expectations of like, well, if I go to the Bible, I should come out. I should have all my questions answered. I should have all my anxieties resolved. You know, everything should be clear. And again, just to read the Bible, you read a story like Abraham and you realize he was following God and there was a lot that was unclear. And, um, I love how the stories in the Bible, again, sort of shape our expectations for what we look to find when we get to the Bible, you know, that, you know, God's ways are full of surprise. Um, and that's why this is a life of faith and trust and, seeing what we we actually can't see with our own eyes. Absolutely. Now, I am curious why you chose Deuteronomy and John um, for this for the Bible readings in this. That is a great question. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, well, if I if I had had a choice, it would have been Genesis and Mark. I love Genesis and I love Mark. <laughs> and and they sort of looked at me like, wait, didn't you have a choice? Like, aren't you the writer? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing was, I was preparing uh, to speak and I was studying in John 14, 15, 16, 17. You know, Jesus is preparing to leave his disciples. He's leaving them with his last teaching the Last Supper. Well, in John, it's not the Last Supper, it's the foot washing and the the prayer, the high priestly prayer. And as I was studying for that, um, there were a lot of connections actually with Deuteronomy that were just uh, becoming apparent um, as I was studying. Not, not, I wish to say I came to that insight all on my own, but it was, you know, through different commentaries and resources that I was using like, oh, okay, Deuteronomy is this story of Moses getting ready to say farewell to the nation of Israel. They're crossing into the promised land, but he's not going with them. And so and here, here are some similar, so there's a similar kind of context. There are similar themes and there are these five words that you see used in the farewell discourse with Jesus and his disciples that you also see throughout the book of Deuteronomy and they're live, love, see, know, obey. And so I thought, oh, those words, like I think as a writer, just thinking, oh, that there's a lot of, I could imagine could imagine a book around that, you know, where those are kind of invitations of faith. See, you know, see God, see beyond what you can actually physically see. Know, know something of his love, Um, know something about yourself and your need of his forgiveness and mercy. Live, you know, the invitation that faith calls, God is calling us into the life of greatest flourishing and joy. That's not that, that's not to say your best life now 
and a life free from suffering. But faith really is, it is the best life, you know? And, um, uh, so, so I said, see, no, um, live, love, love. love. <laughs> That's a unique to Deuteronomy. Um, mm-hmm. this call to love the Lord, your God with all of your, well, that's obviously, a um, you know, we, we can see that other places, but that is a theme in Deuteronomy chapter six. And you see that in the farewell discourse that where Jesus says, I've given you a new commandment, you know, love one another as I have loved you and then obey. And I am, I think that that is an important word in the life of faith. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's one thing to think of the life of faith as just, love, you know, well, we, we all, you know, want a world oriented around love, but that's sort of slippery sometimes obey this whole idea of like being the kind of people who are submitted to surrendered to obedient to the words of God. And so that's how it was kind of born was John then going, seeing those words, then thinking, Oh, Deuteronomy. But truthfully, I didn't, I I mean, I, I wouldn't say that Deuteronomy was a book I knew very well had Mm -hmm. um, much familiarity with. And now it's just a book I, I love and I can see how I do think that these two books illuminate each other really well. I think Deuteronomy gives you this picture of Israel as a people who just keep failing. They keep, because that's what Deuteronomy is. It's like a retrospective. It's like, Hey guys, let's look back. Where have we been? You know, you're getting ready to head into the promised land. Oh, remember all those times you mistrusted God. Remember all those times you disobeyed. Remember all those times he told you to do this and you did the opposite. (laughs) Remember, 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 remember. And, and throughout the book, you know, they keep saying, well, we're going to do a lot better. And then you get to the end of Deuteronomy. And God says to Moses, you know what? You've preached all these sermons. You've reminded these people of who I am and what their obligations are to me as my covenant people. But by the way, they will they will completely forget as soon as they get into the promised land and they're going to lose the land. And you sort of ended with Deuteronomy thinking, that is such terrible news. <laughs> After you know, all that. <laughs> but then Moses Then there's also this part where God gives Moses basically speaks a blessing over over the people. Mm -hmm. And you think, how does this fit together? How does Israel how are they going to inherit the blessing of God when they just can't keep the words of God? And then you end it, then you turn to John and the beginning was the word and the word was with God, you know, and was God and he was with God in the beginning. And then you think about, and it just leads so beautifully Mm -hmm. into the story of the God man who came in grace and truth, who delivered us from our sin, our inability to keep the words of God. Um, So there's, there's, you know, Martin Luther talks about the Old Testament producing an anguished conscience where you just become so starkly aware through the Old Testament that you are the kind of person who just can't keep the words of God, you know, as many promises as you make, that there's going to have to be another way and mm-hmm. prepares us for it, it. It it kind of produces a yearning for the story of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And I love 
that you're able to tie that together and show people? Because I think there is a whole movement, I guess, like let's not think about the Old Testament or we don't need to worry about that or it's just laws and those are gone. But when we understand it, when we read it, it does, it makes Christ coming. It's like, finally, this is so, this is what we've been waiting for. We've tried it. We've failed. Um, You know, we set up these systems that we can never achieve righteousness through. And now we have Christ and it does make it so much more important. Um, It makes us understand God's holiness more. Yes, It makes us understand our um, wretchedness more. When we understand the Old Testament, I think we do miss out so much when we just focus on, well, let's just read the gospels or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we, we just miss out. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think that it's, you know, if we took the majority of preaching calendars in a lot of evangelical churches, we'd find that they spend just not very much time in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And there are hard things. I mean, there are hard things in Deuteronomy. And, you know, sometimes we want to sort of feel like embarrassed, I think, of the Old Testament, like, oh, you know, well, it gets a lot easier. And, you know, God gets a lot nicer once we hit Matthew. Um, (laughs) But to be able to see the grace that is actually available Mm -hmm. to the nation of Israel, there's, there's, is a story of grace too. God said, you are my people. Now here's, here are the laws that, that distinguish you as my people. Um, and so sometimes we just feel like these stories are disconnected, but I, I agree with you. We get a fuller picture of the life of faith. We get a fuller picture of God and ourselves by reading it really from the beginning. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. I love this conversation. We can just go on and on about it. Um, I know. But I want to encourage people. So obviously you could tell by this conversation, this is definitely a book you can hand us to a seeker. But this is a book that we can read ourselves Mm -hmm. as we um, can sit down. We can consider our own faith. And I love how at the end of um, the chapters, you have questions for us to consider, reflection questions for us to consider, like, what what was your understanding of, of God before you sat down? Is your understanding different? Mm-hmm. Um, has your confidence in the Bible impacted what you've learned um, about some of the laws? I mean, I love that you, you have the Bible reading, you have some explanation and personal story, and then the reflection. Now, let's think about you. You think about your life. How does this impact you? How does it change your beliefs? And I think all of that is so important. And that's how our faith grows. Um, so whether you want to buy it for a friend, do that. But yes, buy it for yourself too. Go through it with your friend. And I think together, um, again, this habit called faith is the title of the book, but the habit will grow, will grow into a faith that gets stronger and stronger as you're in God's word. Mm. Well, thank you, Trisha. It sounds like, you know, you already have a journaling habit. So for, and I'm a journaler too, right? That little, that little notebook that you tote around with your Bible. I think it's so important for us as we get into the Bible to not only read it, but let it read us. And Mm -hmm. that's what a journaling practice has been for me in all these years of reading the Bible too, is kind of like letting the Bible read me. What does it have to say about my own kind of hesitations and fears and um, apprehensions about the life of faith and also my longings and my deepest hopes? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I could look back at those and just see what God was teaching me during that time, Mm -hmm. how he was growing me during that time. And it continues every day. He's still teaching me. He's still growing me. I'm still confessing. I'm still, you know, depending on him more and more. Um, But it comes from that habit of sitting down with him. I love the book. I love what you're doing. Um, Where can listeners find more information about it? Yeah, you can go to jenpollockmichelle.com. You know, there's lots of stuff there. I'm hopefully going to soon have like a five day kind of jumpstart your um, five day jumpstart for your habit called faith, you know, where people if they don't have maybe any established spiritual habits, like where do you start, you know, and that's a good question. There's actually somebody in my small group. I wrote that because somebody in my small group said, I don't even know where to start. (laughs) Um, So, you know, there's, you can find me, you know, on social media. I mean, the books are where the book is wherever books are sold. Um, I've got some pre-order stuff. I'm also doing group order um, kind of bonuses. I love to come to groups, you know, and that's, you don't have to have a hundred people. You could have seven people, you could have 20 people and um, I can come and just chat with your group. Cause I think this is an exciting resource for people to do in community um, yes. with other people. So, yeah. Wonderful. Well, we will also have all the links to everything mentioned in the show notes. You can always go to walkitoutpodcast.com and get the information there. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for, I mean, giving us this gift of taking the time and um, exploring God's word and, and inviting us on the journey. So we appreciate it. Thank you, Trisha. This was a great conversation. Well, I really enjoyed talking to Jen and just talking about how the habit of Bible reading does grow our faith. A habit called faith is the title of our book. And it really does come down to our faith grows when we understand God's word and we get to know him better. Um, I remember as a new believer, my faith was weak. I doubted God. I doubted he loved me. But the more I spent time in God's word, I understood his love, his compassion for me. I understood his gift of Christ and Christ's sacrifice. Um, as I got into God's word and saw God's interaction with ordinary people, with sinful people, with hopeful people, I saw myself in so many ways and my faith grew. Now, today's Walk It Out verse is um, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. I know Jen talks about Deuteronomy in the book. Um, I thought this is appropriate that we go back to Deuteronomy for our walk it out verse. And it's this, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And Deuteronomy is where God established faith and his word, um, you know, before as slaves in Egypt, the Israelites did not have the ability to be a united people following God, walking in faith. They were slaves to the Egyptian. Yes, they still understood the stories of their ancestors, but in Deuteronomy, the commandments were given, the the um, commands to follow God, to seek him, to train up their ch- children, those were given and they had these words to cling to. And we need to understand that God gives us these commandments for our good um, for our children's good. It's not just something we do to make him happy and not something that we read just so we could check it off during the day. But when we spend 
time in God's word, we understand him better. We understand his work in the world better. We understand ourselves better. We learn to seek him and depend on him more. And all of those things build our faith. So let me pray for us today. Dear God, first of all, I thank you so much for Jen. I thank you for what she is doing um, through her words, reaching people through her personal um, discipleship and connecting with people and how she's pointing us back to your word. I pray that you will bless this book, put it into the hands of those who need it, Lord. And I pray um, that you will just continue to bless her ministry as she just draws people to your word. Lord. Um, And I pray for all of us that we will remember that, yes, sitting down with our Bible is a habit that we should develop, but it's for our own good. It's not, again, something that we check off, but it is for our benefit, for our growth, for our communion with you. And I pray that you will help us in our faithfulness. And I know that whatever we commit our time to becomes a habit and those habits develop who we are. And I pray that we may all be faithful to you through Bible reading, through prayer, that we may grow into um, your children who are knowledgeable and who can see how to serve others and love others through you and because of your work in our lives. I pray for each listener today. May they be drawn to your word. May they be um have a desire to grow to know you better. And may you do the same in my heart too. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, again, all the links to everything that Jen mentioned um, to her books. And if you want to, again, have her come speak at your group, I'm sure by Zoom, (laughs) that's the way we're doing things these days. We will have the links to everything at walkitoutpodcast.com. And I encourage you, whether it's this book or another book, or just, you know, get online with some friends and say, hey, let's read a chapter of the Bible. Um, together and discuss it, all of those things will make a difference when we commune together, when we encourage each other, when we seek, um, you know, God's face together, it changes us and it helps us and it grows us. So I pray and I hope that all of us will do that. But thank you so much for tuning into Walk It Out. I appreciate you and I am thankful for you. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.